Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Surviving the Suck podcast. I know it's been a while. I'm sure some of you have probably been wondering where the heck I went because I dropped some huge episodes like Robin Williams' son, Zach Williams, and uh, my interview with Yasmin or Fani, and so many good notes that were taken from those episodes. And then I just disappeared into the abyss. And that's really because things have been crazy. The Grey Matters Collective has grown quite a bit. We are in full gala season. There is just a lot happening. And so I just, you know, I was thinking about the other day, I'm like, I need to get someone here who I have talked to for years about this podcast. And I'm super excited. I finally have that guest here today. And so we are very lucky to have the, I'm going to say the Ryan Jenkins with us because it's perfect timing um, to relaunch the pod in season three, but Also, to have Ryan on the podcast is even more exciting because he's been one of my great friends for a long time. He has an amazing career, and he's going to be the MC of this year's Starry Night Gala 2023. So, without further ado, Ryan, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and just give a little bit about who you are and um, why you're here today. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Hi, Haley. I can't believe season three. That's wild. Um, I know. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to be here to talk with you because, as you've said, we've talked about these topics for years, and this is something that um, is obviously, you know, something that everyone needs to be talking about. So it's just an honor to be part of the conversation, especially with a leader in the conversation like you. So thank you. Um, by far, my least favorite question ever is, uh, can you tell us about yourself or can you talk about yourself? It's really just not my thing. Um, <laughs> but my name's Ryan Jenkins. Um, I'm 27 years old and I'm from the Chicago suburb of Elgin, Illinois. Um, and I'm a journalist living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin right now. So I am a, a news anchor and reporter for the NBC News affiliate in Milwaukee, TMJ4 News. Um, and I've lived here almost four years now. I started my career in the Quad Cities right after I graduated from Augustana College, where I met Haley and so many other amazing people. Um, and journalism has always been, you know, a huge passion of mine because I think it it sparks conversations and it gives us a platform to talk about things that need to be talked about and to find the facts in uh, those conversations and in those topics. So. Um, that's just a little bit of what I do professionally, personally. Um, that's where it gets even more complicated, right? Like life is crazy. So um, I am a biracial man. Um, I am my dad. My biological father is black. My mom is white. She's Polish and um, grew up with them separated. So kind of grew up in, in two different worlds in that sense. Um, I'm also a gay man, so I came out of the closet uh, during my time at Augustana College, um, and that was just an experience that I don't know that many of us can really put words to, but it's something that you prepare for but can't really prepare for your entire life, and for me to to do that um, in my early 20s was a challenging time, and so that is a huge piece of who I am. I'm an uncle, I'm a cousin, I'm a son, um, I'm a step-sibling, so it's a loaded question, and that's why sometimes I don't love talking about it, but that's a little bit about me. 
Oh, <laughs> Ryan, that was, uh, I just, I love listening to you talk because you have such a way with words and you can totally tell you're in news all the time, but oh. it's just funny <laughs> because even the way that we talk on the phone or text or FaceTime or whatever it is, it's, it's just so good to hear you talk about some of these things because I haven't really gotten to know I guess the side of you in terms of mental health awareness and just even your own personal story about coming out is, is really cool for me to hear. So thanks for sharing that. Cause it's pretty awesome. So, um, I don't want to waste any time talking about me. I kind of want to hear a little bit more from you, Ryan, since we have you today, I've got some questions that we can oh. go through and I'm sure maybe more questions will come up as you talk. I already am thinking of some, but I'm going to, stick on schedule here. So, um, Ryan, I want to know from you on this podcast, we've had so many amazing conversations from people all over the U S about, you know, just the topic of mental health. It's changed so much. There is more awareness. I think you've probably seen that even in your career, um, being in news, there's more awareness, but I think at the same time, there's different challenges and people are still struggling. We've seen you know, the suicide rate this year had hit a record peak and it's really disheartening, but it's why we have to have conversations like this. So for those listening um, and getting to know you a little bit more, why is mental health such an important topic to you personally? I mean, I think that's a, another layered question in the sense that mental health is important to me, A, because it's something that, you know, I have to acknowledge in my own life and understand um, you know, the, the different challenges and realities and opportunities that I get to explore um, in my own mental health journey. I've definitely, um, you know, have had a lot of conversations and a lot of, um, I guess, thought about my own anxieties and my own realities with depression at the same time, um, you know, not to dive into too much of somebody else's business, but my experience is, is that, you know, my mom um, growing up had battles with addiction and with bipolar disorder. And that those were topics and, and things that were happening in my family life and in my home growing up that, you know, were really challenging to navigate. And so I understand the importance and the depth of really acknowledging the mental health and its impact on families and it and on society and on on who we are and, and how we interact with others. And now, you know, in my role as a journalist, I also get to dive into some of these conversations and these questions with people in the community and, and how different parts of our community can really uh, be impacted by the acknowledgement of mental health and the role that it plays in society and the lack of acknowledgement in mental health and the resources that exist. So. It's something that I'm super passionate about, and it's something that I think I don't necessarily talk about enough because my first instinct is, well, I'm not an expert, right? And I think that that's where so many of us land when it comes to talking about the topic of mental health. But really, this is you know my lived experience, and everyone who has a lived experience, it, it's going to be unique. Um, but everyone needs to be thinking about talking about and acknowledging mental health in their own lives and in their own communities, in my opinion. Yeah, that was so, so well spoken, honestly. I, and it's, you hit on something that I think so many people struggle with, and, and you said it, the 
you know, I'm not the expert, so I can't share, I can't talk about it. And I think that's really where I identified a few years ago. I felt that. And it wasn't until I actually saw, ironically, Kevin Hines um, share his story on, it was like a BuzzFeed video that came up on Facebook. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy lived it, has been through it, and he's not a psychologist and he's talking about it. So that kind of inspired me to start talking, but there are still days, it's almost like imposter syndrome where you feel like, ooh, should I really be the one speaking on this? But I think at the end of the day, you have every right. You know, everyone has mental health. We all struggle with it differently. Some of us have mental illness, some of us don't. And at the end of the day, it's it's really, you know, we all have a voice and we should use it no matter how big or small, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I kind of am taking an approach of, you know, maybe my story and my experience can add to a pot and somebody else's story and their experience can add to this pot. And we can get to a place where nobody's really hesitant to talk about just what our reality is as human beings. Yeah, yeah, true. And I also, I, it's so cool to hear you talk about this because I've known you for like, what, five years, maybe? I don't even know, maybe more than that. And even to see you kind of start to talk about it more openly too has been really cool because I feel like I've seen you grow in different ways. You've probably seen me grow in, I don't know, <laughs> good or bad yeah. ways, who knows? But, you know, it's it's cool to actually have a conversation like this because we've been friends for so long and to actually get on the level of mental health is, I think, even just hard for people in regular friendships all the time to, yeah. you know, you know someone, but you don't really know them. Yeah, and I, I just have to say, I think there's a huge uh, testament to be given. Like that, there, you are a leader in this conversation, and you've inspired me to open up a lot um, on this conversation. And it's not something that you know is always the most comfortable, but I've seen how necessary it is because of the work you're doing and anything that I can do to be a part of that. I want to. I want to do. Oh, Ryan, stop. I'm, gonna cry. I'm like literally tearing up over here. No oh my pride, gosh. No <laughs> well, on a lighter note, uh, my next question, I'm, I've actually been looking forward to hearing from you, it is really kind of centered around joy and the beauty of life. So what makes life worth living to you? What brings you joy? What What's that thing that just lights you up? Like, I want to hear all the good things too. Yeah, you know, I think there's, that's such another loaded question. You're just full yeah. of them today. I think when it comes <laughs> yeah. to, to joy, it's just, you know, the experiences that you get to share, like with your loved ones, whether that be your family or your best friends or your partners. I think those experiences, whether it be a simple, like late night drive to, I don't know, a fast food restaurant to get something to eat, or maybe it's a vacation, or maybe it's a stressful time, but you're leaning on your person. I think those experiences are what bring me joy. Um, and I think that you can you can gain those experiences in so many different ways. Like sometimes it's music from my favorite artists. Sometimes it's a phone call with my mom. Sometimes it's hanging out with my boyfriend after a tough day. Sometimes it's accomplishing something with my team at work. But those experiences and acknowledging that like my my presence or my existence in a certain situation is just part of an experience for me like that brings me a lot of joy oh i love it that is awesome and do you ever feel like um i don't know i guess whenever you hit a wall and you feel kind of like your mental health is taking a turn do you usually lean on those things or do you have other ways that you cope 
I think leaning just on on my own understanding of why something is making me feel a certain way is huge. Like I am somebody who has done a lot of work on being able to call out, you know, anxieties around any type of situation. And I think that it's been really necessary for me to do that just to be able to grow in my career and move forward with things. I mean, you, you talked about things like imposter syndrome, and, and that's something I definitely had to have to deal with still to this day. So I think, you know, calling out anxieties and saying like, I've made it through every other situation that I've been challenged by before. Um, and partially it is because of the people that I'm able to lean on or the experiences that I'm able to have that bring me joy. But I think it's just a lot of like self-awareness that it's not, it's like, okay to not be okay. Um, I think that that's huge. I think just being able to call out my own current state is something that took a lot of work. It took a lot of work to get to the point where I was able to say, hey, I'm feeling anxious right now and this is why, or I feel depressed right now and this is probably why. What can I do to acknowledge those feelings but also move on? Um, that's, that's where I go when I have to. Oh, there's so many things you just said that I wish everyone could hold on to because it's so true. I think there's, there's times where, you know, a feeling might come up and you're kind of like, where, where is this coming from? And sometimes I think there's explanations and sometimes there might not be. And I like that you said, acknowledge it and then move on because you can't hold, you can't stay there forever. Um, but it is important to at least acknowledge it. And I think to have grace with yourself because there's so many days. And I was just going to say, like, don't rush the process. Like acknowledging it can take a week or a month or a year. Like acknowledging it is not saying, okay, I'm going to move on right in a second. It's saying, I clearly feel this way for a reason and that's okay. And so what am I going to do about it? Um, sometimes acknowledging something can take months. Sometimes you have to go on in life with those things still unacknowledged, but you have to start taking care of yourself and moving on. So have grace and don't rush yourself. Mm, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So um, next question, if you could give advice to, to younger people, because we have a lot of young people who listen to this podcast, um, people of all ages from all over, but we do have a lot of young people, especially teens, young adults. So if you could give advice to any of those teens, young adults, um, younger people, what would it be? I mean, you know, I kind of acknowledge that some of the experiences that I've had in my mental health journey, like even, you know, my experiences with coming out or understanding my identity as somebody who's biracial. Um, like, I didn't necessarily do them at a young age, per se. I mean, I was, you know, in college, I was in my 20s. And not that that's old, but I know, like, some of my best friends, you know, had those conversations with themselves and those experiences with themselves at a much earlier age and some did it at a later age. So I think my advice to people who are younger would be, you know, take your time, do it at your own pace, but put in the work, like pay attention to yourself. If you feel that you're seeking attention in a certain area from someone else, like give yourself that attention first. Um, not that it's always a bad thing to seek attention from somebody else, but make sure that you're, just taking time to just love yourself and pay attention to how you're feeling and realize that maybe those around you aren't feeling the same way. And that doesn't make you having those feelings 
abnormal or not okay. Um, just move at your own pace and be kind to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how you said, you know, just because you're feeling a certain way and everyone else isn't, doesn't mean that it's wrong. You know, cause I think to in the world today with social media and just everything that comes with that, I feel like there is such a comparison game. Do you ever find yourself kind of in that or have you placed boundaries with social media to kind of get away from some of it? I mean, I felt some insecurities because of social media this morning, to be honest. I mean, it's just, it's something that I I think is just part of my lived experience and, and how I interact with my social media accounts, but I don't think it goes away for me and it might go away for others and it might not for others. But I think, you know, that whole comparison game is just part of my world and part of my reality. And at the end of the day, I just need to make sure that when I'm starting to feel a certain way, because I am kind of in that cycle of comparison that I'm pausing and paying attention to myself and, and saying like, okay, like this, you're feeling this way because of X, Y, Z. So maybe we should try ABC instead and and, and try to get into a different mood. Um, But yeah, I find myself in those cycles. I mean, still to this day. And it's not something that I think is negative or something that should be, you know, um, taken as like, oh, I'm not using social media properly, or I'm in a bad place. But it's just more, I guess, for me, it's more of, I went into, I go onto social media knowing that I could end up in that cycle of comparison. So being aware of that, I think is helpful. But I'm always proud of people who take social media breaks. I'm proud of people who say this isn't working for me. I'm proud of people who are not afraid of their block button um, because that's just kind of where we're at right now as, as a generation. And I think as a society. Yeah. So I, I I've struggled with social media for a long time and I finally just got to the point where it was like, okay, you know, I just started unfollowing the people that, I didn't want to see stuff from anymore. I kind of feel like when we were in college, it was a lot of follow for follow stuff. So, you know, I did all that. And then there were people that I was following that would post really triggering stuff or just people that I didn't want to really necessarily see all the time or whatever it was. And so I finally just started being okay with just unfriending people and, you know, not really having any qualms about it, Um, having boundaries and just saying, you know, I think sometimes placing boundaries is self-care and that's really hard to do and understand. But for me, it's been a huge kind of savior because there's been times where, you know, I'll get online and I'll notice I feel anxious or I'll notice like I feel really depressed after scrolling on Instagram. So I don't really do much of it anymore. It's like I'll post and then I'll get off or, you know, even just back in the day, it's like I used to post online and I, I felt like I would almost like perfect it to the point of, you know, the picture had to be perfect. The caption had to be perfect, all these things. And I don't know, I've just kind of let go of some of that over the years and just kind of said, you know, this is my account. I can make it what I want it to be. And um, I don't really have to care about what other people say or do. And I think once you get to a point in your life where you finally kind of let go of some of the societal expectations, and it's easy for me to say, um, to do that because everyone has different experiences, but I don't know. It's like, I've kind of gotten the point where I'm just kind of like, I don't care anymore. Like I do what I don't, you know? Yeah. You know, I think for me, and and obviously I'm I'm not 
comparing myself to your experience, but in my experience, that's been so, so difficult for me to do um, on multiple levels. I mean, on one level, professionally, social media is a big part of what I do. So I'm engaging with social media in ways that, you know, there's strangers that are contacting me, commenting about me, things like that. And that, that, that can be challenging and people oh, say, yeah. well, you know, don't read the comments. It's easier said than done or, you know, don't care what people, you know, are doing or saying online. I've always found that easier said than done. And when I think about it deeper and how it relates to just my mental health and my experience is I feel like I struggle in a sense when everyone on social media seems to have this identity that they are so boldly putting out and whether or not they're just showing the best moments of their lives or whatever they're doing, everyone has an identity that they're proudly displaying online. And I've always struggled with that ever since I was a child and finding my own identity being somebody who, you know, grew up with, you know, their own family telling them, well, you're acting too white or you're acting too black or you're acting too feminine or you're asking, you're acting too masculine. So in a way, when it comes to social media, there's the space that could be, a, you know, a, a space of freedom to express myself and, and find my identity and how I want to express my identity. But instead of making me feel connected, sometimes it does make me feel those feelings of isolation because it's like, here I am again, feeling those feelings of where do I fit in here? Because I don't look like that and I don't go on those kinds of trips and I don't live in a house that looks like that. Yeah. And that can be challenging. And I think that that's something that would exist for me, whether it's on Instagram and TikTok or just in everyday real life interacting with people. and that's something that it took me a really long time to acknowledge what was actually going on and why I actually felt the way that I felt about social media, but it's never taken me off of social media. And I think that that's, you know, just another piece of my reality. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Cause you kind of have to be on social media with your job. And, and I feel like I kind of have to be with um, the gray matters and, you know, I'll, I run like 18 different accounts, I feel like sometimes. So it is, it's tough. Um, but I think boundaries are good. And and you said something too, that made me think, you know, for a long time, I would get on TikTok and I would see these people share these stories where they're like, I quit my job. I moved to <laughs> Greece and I'm living the best life, you know? And it's like, I would sit there in my town in Moline, Illinois and be like, oh, should I be doing that? You know, should I be quitting my job and moving across the world and experiencing all these things? And I think you're right. I think it is a balance between like acknowledging what is the reality and acknowledging what is maybe a dream and how can I move towards those goals and those dreams without completely giving everything up myself. It's, it is, it's, it's kind of hard to find that though. And sometimes it's like, okay, so could I quit my job and move across the country? And you sit there and you're like, well, if they did it, there's gotta be a way for me to be able to do it. But would that make me happy? Would that make yes. me less anxious? I, there's just no way to measure that because you're never going to see that on social media. People are not going to post that. Exactly. Or the, I've seen so many people just get up and move by themselves too. And I'm like, I don't think I could do that with my mental health. Like I, you know, I have my own problems with anxiety and, and depression. And I just feel like if I move somewhere by myself, I don't think I would do well. So I agree with you. It's, it's kind of like you have to weigh the pros and the cons, but yeah, it's hard to acknowledge. Um, the reality, and I once heard someone describe social media where they said, you know, social media presents to you that the grass is always greener on the other side, but a lot of times it's because it's fake. It's not real grass. 
it is perceived as real grass, like you said, you're not seeing the full picture. You're only seeing what is the is what seems to be the reality. So, yeah, it's just always interesting. I love bringing up social media because I, especially when we talk about mental health, because everyone has such a different perspective. And, um, you know, like for you, some people have to be on social media for their job. So it's interesting to see kind of what the boundaries are, too. So. And the perspectives are always so interesting to me because they can be so unique to whoever it is. Like it's 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 less about the account or the social media platform and more about how we're using it. And I think I you know, like I said, I think social media should be a space where we can be our authentic selves and there's a freedom to show who you are and, and what you're doing, but it also dictates so many social norms and reinforces so many I don't know, superficial aspects of society and who we are, in my opinion. And I think um, maybe there's room for both, but you have to be able to pay attention to how you're feeling when you're on social media and, and what you can do to set those boundaries and, and take control of your experience online. Yeah, 100%. So as we're kind of gearing up to close, any final comments, questions, thoughts that you have that you want to share with my audience? Because we, we have people all over who listen to this podcast. So anything that you'd want to share about you or final advice, comments, thoughts you have? I would say just like don't be hesitant to communicate about what you're feeling and how you're feeling with people who are around you and, and actually care. Um, I think there's this idea that we can tackle mental health on our own, or we can tackle mental health within the community of people talking about mental health. But what I've found in my experience is when I do bring things up to people who I normally wouldn't talk to about mental health, like they're very understanding. And, and, and a lot of times they share experience. So I think we just need to like turn to our friends, turn to our neighbors and start having these conversations, not only in specific months or, you know, in specific crises, but just all the time. And, and I think that's on good days and bad days. I think your good days can be just as powerful for your mental health as the days where you know and notice that you're struggling. It's all, it's all part of the journey. And when you're feeling good, you have to acknowledge that to know when you're feeling bad. And the other thing that I will say is, you know, I don't think there should be too much pressure to overshare. Like I know when I was growing up, you know, I shared a little bit about the, the struggles with mental health and the realities of mental health that my mom dealt with. And one thing she always said was, and I know this is, I mean, it's become, a little more cliche and a little more part of the conversation, but that depression is not a casserole disease and that there's other diseases when you get sick and everyone wants to bring you a, cas a casserole and they want to check up on you. And that's not always the case with things related to mental health. Mm -hmm. And I think that we should take ownership in just being able to say, you know what, I don't feel good today. And when I don't feel good, that could mean I have COVID, I have the flu. It could also just mean I'm, I'm anxious and I am struggling with, a trigger that is in my life and I can turn to the people who are closest to me and say, I don't feel good. And it's not, why not? It's, mm -hmm. Oh, like you don't feel good. And that needs to be respected and attended to. And if you have people in your life that aren't willing to 
hear you out when you're saying you don't feel good, just reconsider the boundaries and reconsider why that's acceptable to you to have someone in your life who isn't, isn't, I guess, benefiting or taking you seriously when you talk about things that need to be talked about. Not that we want to talk about, but we need to talk about. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's so many things that you said. And, and honestly, when you were talking about that, it reminded me of, um, I think when I was struggling the most, I think you were one of the first people who was like, all right, let's go. Like, let's, let's go out. Let's have some fun. Let's get away from some of this for a while. And that was really good for me. So thank you for being one of the friends that I think identified it before I I even did and was like, all right, we're going to go out. We're going to have some fun. Like, let's let's do this. And have fun. That's other advice. Like, I think, you know, we can't neglect ourselves from, you know, experiencing a break from the challenges Mm -hmm. and we should reward ourselves with that. I know like, you know, when we're talking about topics of mental health and, you know, substances, no, you have to be responsible. You have to take care of yourself first. But I think stepping out and having a moment where you're just kind of in your own identity and you're feeling like yourself with your people can be really beneficial when it comes time to like, you know, really deal with the hard, the hard stuff too. Yeah, 100%. And we're going to do that on November 4th. Sorry, yeah. Night Gala. Oh, yeah. We're dancing. And, oh, I'm so excited. So, no. Ryan, thank you so much for um, joining me today for this conversation, but also for agreeing to be part of the gala this year. It's going to be awesome to see you. And I think everyone is is looking forward to it. I've had so many people tell me, they're like, wait, Ryan Jenkins, who used to be at WQAD? I'm like, yeah. So, <laughs> People yeah. are excited. I'm excited. And I'm really excited. It's such an honor to even be a part of the event, to be a part of this podcast. I mean, Haley, we go back and you know how much I appreciate and respect you and all that you're doing. And so to be a part of this is, it's a huge honor and I'm very, very excited. Me too. Thank you for finally saying yes. I feel like I've been hounding you for a while, but I'm so glad that it finally worked out. But it all goes back to what I was saying earlier, like, just take it at your own pace. You know that I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to do this podcast. I wasn't ready to talk for a long time. And I feel like, you know, the time for me to start sharing is right now because I have a new understanding of what, you know, my platform is and what our platform can be. And so just take it at your own pace. I mean, that's what I did. And it feels, you know, it feels good to be able to talk about some of these things with you now instead of in an environment where maybe I would have been a little more hesitant to share what I feel I wanted to share. So thanks for your patience too. <laughs> oh my gosh, of course. No, I'm just glad that we could, we could talk about it. So, all right, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan, for being with us today. And for those of you listening, we hope that you enjoy listening to our conversation today. Um, please know that you can always call the suicide hotline if you need assistance. That number is 988 or you can text 741741. And also just recently, I've learned a little bit more about warm lines, which I want to share with you today. Um, if you don't know what a warm line is, a warm line is simply a line that you can use. It's a number you can call and it's state by state and it's kind of for people who maybe aren't suicidal but need someone to talk to that's confidential and also the people on the other end of the line have lived experience with mental health issues or have experienced it through other people so if you yourself need a warm line you can go to warmline.org and you can literally click on your state 
and it will pop up the the call center that you can call and it's it's awesome i've i've actually used it recently and i found it very beneficial for me living with mental health issues so um, you can definitely utilize that as well i just wanted to share that on the pod today because it's something i've been learning about so thank you again ryan and thanks everyone listening enjoy your day keep on surviving the suck and know that you matter you are loved and you are important every day <laughs>